Catch you. Boom! All night long. Yes. Let's freaking go. Oh, Emory Jones is back for LSU. Brian Kelly confirmed that in the earlier teleconference today. Absolutely massive news. I'm going to tell you why right now. Also coming up, how many LSU Tigers are All-Americans? Or should I say, how many do you believe will be All-Americans at the end of the season? So, First thing here, Emory Jones has always been one of my favorite LSU Tigers. He just has. Um, he was so freaking good coming out. I had such an astronomically high grade on him. And I actually had him higher graded on the Patreon, higher than uh, Will Campbell going into his career. And he has lived up to the hype. Will Campbell, of course, as well. And they are as good as any pair of offensive tackles we have ever had at LSU. I'd, I'd go that far uh, to say that these two guys have been that consistently dominant for us. And last year, we do not win that football game without him. Now, I will tell you, Will Campbell, I think, had the better game of the two and overall the better career of the two up to this point. But those guys have just been so integral to the success of LSU football, Jaden Daniels, and everything. So, you know, I I really do believe this, that we could have gone into Alabama with Lance Hurd at right tackle and won that game, right? I'm obviously very high on Lance Hurd as well, but I would prefer his first road start as an SEC offensive tackle to not be in the biggest game of the season. So I am really excited that Emory Jones is back. I do think you can make a case that this is going to be a tougher game versus Alabama for an offensive tackle than it was last year when they went up against Will Anderson on one side, Dallas Turner on the other. Obviously, Last year, it was Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, but it was in Tiger Stadium. This year, Tuscaloosa is a loud place to play a college football game. So it's going to be loud. It's going to be raucous. You're going to have, obviously, these two Russians uh, that are very good players who had really good games versus Tennessee, and they've had really good seasons we needed Emory Jones back. So absolutely massive news from Brian Kelly earlier today. Now, what I want you to do is I have a number in mind for how many all-American LSU Tigers there are this season. I want you to give it a guess. How many all-Americans are in my skull right now for LSU? Okay. Um, and let's be real, when it comes to All-Americans, they're all different types of All-Americans, right? You got return All-Americans, uh, and I'm talking about first, second, or third team All-American. Give it your absolute best guess, and I'm going to tell you right now that I think 
LSU has three. Okay. I I would go so far to say four, but I'm going to go with three at this point, and that is Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, and Will Campbell. I think those guys are locks for first, second, and third team All-American honors, wherever you want to put them. Malik, I think, would be first team with Marvin Harrison. Jaden Daniels at this point, I could see him being first team or second team. And Will Campbell, I think, would be a first-team All-American at this point. Um, the only other player I would feel comfortable would be Harold Perkins. Now, could Brian Thomas Jr. make the All-American team? I think that is a possibility. If he still keeps putting up the numbers that he's putting up, he will at the very least make third-team All-American. Could we see another one of the LSU offensive linemen make it? Yeah, I could see Garrett Dellinger making it. I, I could see a case being made for someone else. I could see a case being made for LSU being the Joe Moore Award winners on the offensive line. So I truly do believe there are three All-Americans on LSU's team right now. That's a good number. That is an absolutely good number. I also think Harold Perkins, especially with the name, and he is putting out some stats here, I think he would make an All-American linebacker at this point. We'll see. Now, who else could potentially find their way onto this list? I don't think anyone in the secondary potentially could. I think Makai Wingo maybe, uh, but he has missed some games here. And then offensively, we went through pretty much everyone there. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, that's pretty high. Right. Normally, when you look at all American teams, you look at the national championship team. They normally have anywhere from three to five or six. Right. And even more than that. So really excited for their seasons. I want you in the chat right now or maybe down below. Give me someone you think that could be a sleeper all American. It would be interesting to see if they give out a long snapper because I think Slade Roy is definitely deserving, especially with the way LSU special teams units are playing at this point. So pretty pumped up, pretty freaking pumped up about that. Uh, yeah, Makai Wingo, if he has a strong close uh, to the season, you could see it. You could absolutely see it. Okay, so um, I I will also bring this up as well. Don't get discouraged if you don't see Jaden Daniels at the top of every single Heisman Trophy poll. Okay, ESPN released a poll earlier today, and it did not include Jaden Daniels when it comes to the Heisman candidates. He wasn't a part of the list. Now, does that shock me? Not really, because... A lot of national media just looks at wins and losses. And a lot of, you know, Florida State fans have started coming at me saying, well, Jordan Travis beat Jaden Daniels head up and Jordan Travis hasn't lost a game. Their stats are not even close. Jaden is lapping everyone statistically at this point. So I think for me, Jaden Daniels is a lock to be in New York City. I just have a tough time believing that he's not going to keep putting up the numbers that he's been putting up. I just 
don't see it. Okay. Um, player X brings up an interesting point as a player who could could sneak his way in to the All-American conversation, and that is Logan Diggs. I think it's going to be tough. You know, Logan's had a really good season. He's not had a cartoonish game yet, though. And what those cartoonish game stats do is, like, for instance, there is a player for Kentucky named Ray Davis, okay? Really good running back. Do I think Logan Diggs is as good as him? Yes, but... Davis had a game where he had 260 yards rushing, okay? That is going to be very hard for Logan Diggs to do in a game, okay? Not because he can't do it. It's just we have a deeper stable of running backs. We obviously have Jaden as a runner, and we also have a good passing attack. Kentucky has no passing attack, right? And Logan obviously missed that first game versus Florida State. So uh, Logan getting there is going to be tough. All SEC, though. He's definitely going to be all SEC. Um, might not be first team. I think it at this point, it's probably going to be Schrader and Davis at this uh, at this juncture. But I could, I could see Logan Diggs getting first team all SEC. I really could. So there you go. Now, don't forget Thursday night's live stream will start at eight fifteen. Um, we are giving this out thanks to Player X. Right here, Mason Smith autograph card. There you go. And tonight, we will give out another Malik Neighbors rookie card. If we had a hundo in Super Chats, first $20 Super Chat, we'll hook you up with a BTJ rookie card. There you go. Uh, Let's see. Love you some Slade Royal. Yeah, we do too. Max says it's a popularity trophy now. And once again, my only issue with the Heiser Trophy is it does not go to the best player. At least that's not what the Heiser Trophy mission statement says. It does not go to the best player. Now, I'll touch on recruiting here. And then we're going to get into the Michigan story. Recruiting is fine. Okay? We've had better days. Okay, we've had better weeks, if you will. Obviously, the Andre Evans thing is still hurting. And I have gotten some messages of concern regarding three-star defensive backs. Okay. Um, You know, I wouldn't just bash three-star DBs at this point with, um, you know, the addition of uh, BB. Causey, I love that nickname. Bernard Causey, uh, Baby Pluto, and PJ Woodard. Woodard. I understand that there are going to be some recruits that LSU loses before signing day. But this is a big recruiting week for LSU. During the bye week, the assistants do get out on the road and, and do some recruiting. And a lot of that, it's for the next class, and some of that is for the next, next class. So, you know, most of your work for the 2023s are already done, right? A lot of the recruiting you're doing now is for the 2024s and 2025s, but they're still putting in work, obviously, for the 2023s, getting a bunch of kids to, you know, commit here. 
what I would also tell you is it is always fun to see when Louisiana kids are recruited somewhere else and LSU then turns up the heat, they still end up wanting to go to LSU. Okay. So Causey was committed to Ole Miss. Once LSU showed some love, he quickly decommitted and committed to LSU. Joseph Big Hoss Cryer, you remember him? Still part of this class. Offensive lineman. Committed somewhere else. Quickly decommits and then goes to LSU. So at least the home state allure is still in favor of LSU. Right? That's always a good thing. That is something you can take away. And if you are one of those people that watch this show and say, hey, we need to take more Louisiana three stars, then this is a class for you. There's a lot of Louisiana three stars jumping on board. Okay. So some of it is discouraging because you are missing on some of the elite guys that you're going after. But the next thing I would say about that is the recruiting could still pick up over these next couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, I I've got a few videos already in the works for some tigers that I think will be coming to LSU at some point. So pretty freaking pumped up about that. Pretty freaking pumped up. Now we'll get to the Michigan story and Mac daddy. I will say this. People that vote for the Heisen normally do vote just for the best player. They normally do. But that's not what the mission statement says. It's all I want to put out there. Okay. So normally you just vote for the best player. But the truth is, if you voted for the best player, then not all the vote getters would be or vote receivers would be quarterbacks. Some years in college football, the best player isn't a quarterback, right? Like in Dominican Sue's year, there was no football player better than him. He should have won the Heisen. He's a defensive tackle, though. So the truth is the Heisen Trophy goes to a mixture of the best slash most valuable player. Okay. Now, as Michael B. points out, for Jaden's Heisen candidacy, Lamar Jackson won Heisen in 2016 on a 9-4 Louisville Cardinals team. That is absolutely true. Okay. Like we do sometimes on here, there is a pretty big national story. Okay? Pretty, pretty big national story. It is a bye week as well. We have plenty of time to talk about Alabama. If you are interested on the SEC channel, Power Hour SEC, there is the Alabama film study from the Tennessee game. And you could see some strengths and weaknesses that I pointed out. It's all on the SEC channel. Okay. Now, let's talk about the Michigan story. Uh, there's some people in the Discord bringing up uh, that haven't really followed it. I personally am not the most well-versed on the story either, right? I've been busy on the SEC channel. Um, but basically, there is a Michigan staffer by the name of Connor Stallions, okay? And he was sent 
across the country. Now, did Harbaugh send him? Did Michigan officially send him? We don't know all these details yet. But he did attend games, and he went to the games to pick up signs uh, that the other teams were showing their players to signal in a play. So on every college football sideline, you normally see three staffers. Sometimes it's a quarterback wearing a different color jersey. Sometimes it's just a staffer, and they're signaling in. It feels like you're watching a YMCA thing. But they signal in plays, okay? And, you know, there's only so many ways you could signal in a play. And if you're well-versed enough, you can pick up their signals, okay? And that has been happening for the end of time, okay? There is a pretty prominent head college football coach at a top 20 job whose previous coordinator work was reportedly reliant on stealing the other team's signs. Now, I won't get into that bag of worms uh, tonight, but it was pretty well known that this guy who won multiple national championships had a good method of stealing signs. So stealing the signals isn't anything new, okay? However, and this is very important, Recording and going to different venues and recording them from the 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 bleachers is illegal. So he would buy tickets to go see Tennessee, right? And why would a Michigan staffer go try to go watch Tennessee? Well, he's flying there to see if he could pick up their signs, okay? Uh, because you could potentially see them in the playoff. So there's a whole lot of things that are moving along with this story. My opinion is this. Understand that stealing signs is not illegal. College football teams have every right to study the other team's sideline and try and pick up on what they're signaling in. Also, Radios in the helmet like they do in the NFL. You see the quarterbacks going like this so they can get their play call in. That would obviously fix a lot of this. Um, But to the point where Michigan did these things, it's cheating. It's cheating. It's manipulating the game. Now, I've seen a lot of football lifers and film people say, well, you didn't coach. You don't need this stuff's been going on for forever. This what this is a lot. This is a lot. Okay. Um, and I don't care how effective it may be. There is a there was a, a video of one of the recruiting staffers telling uh the Michigan defensive coordinator what was coming, and they have and and they signaled in everything. It's weird. It's weird. I don't care if Ohio State scored on that particular play. That does not justify or not justify any action, right? So, you know, it's 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 interesting. It's very very interesting. Now, 
to player X's point, may want to mention the information regarding Clemson fake Tiger stealing LSU in the 2020 championship. That's who I was referencing. I didn't want to go into this. Uh, Brent Venables at Clemson. His staff was really good at it. That's always just kind of been out there uh, in, in the coach's world. That he um, that he very well could be the master of getting his staffers to relay information um, to the coaching staff. So, yeah, I go back to this with Michigan, though. This this is the issue with Michigan. College football scandals are just that. They're scandals. Every team has scandals. Okay? Every team. But why is it? Whether it's a scandal or a rumor or whatever. Why is it that Jim Harbaugh is just always in the news for something like this? Okay? Always in the news. So, I just wanted to point that out. You know, he's he's a coach with always something. Well, he's suspended here. Well, no, we're not going to suspend him. But we actually are going to suspend him. And now you have this? Bullfrog, that's why timeliness is important. I already talked about Emory Jones at the beginning. I'll happily do it again, though. Uh, but for right now, since we're in the middle of a different topic, you can rewind the video. That's all you got to do. Live, if you all want to start from the beginning, you just got to click your cursor around over. There you go. Let's go to Dwayne D. He said, Michigan was 47-22 and 22 the six years prior to the sign stealing that started three years ago. Since then, in the last three years, they are 33-3. and three. Conference, 34-16 and 16 improved. In those three years to 22 and one. Let me be clear. Just because you have the signs does not mean that is going to guarantee that you're going to win. Okay. You still got to go out there and stop the other team. You can know the other play and they still have success. All the, co- all, all the points the coaches are making are, are very valid. But, yo, this this is extensive. This is very extensive. And they clearly broke rules, okay? Um, do I also think the NCAA hates Jim Harbaugh? I think that they do. I, I just do. I just do. Let's go to Bojax here once you get back in LSU chatter. That's fine. If you want me to go deeper on the Michigan story and what I've learned, including something about a manifesto, feel free to super chat because we are only going to an hour. Okay. Um, we won't go an hour on Wednesday nights. Let's go to Bojax. Why were we why are we so worried about the cornerback room? Bojack says we've been trashed there all year. We're going to win with front seven and offense. Okay. Good question. Very good question. You should be very worried. 
Now, why do I bring that up? Because Alabama's got dudes on the outside. One of the biggest differences from last year to this year is their wide receivers are just playing better. They just are. Last year, they were just woefully inconsistent. Now, is some of that play calling? Maybe so, but I just think that they're playing better. Um, And at this point, the guy who's been the most consistent player is not available for this week. Now, hopefully, he is available by game time. It's an issue, okay? You should be worried about your cornerback's room. You should. When LSU has played good quarterbacks, and Jalen Milrow is a good quarterback, and when they've played good wide receivers, they have been absolutely positively mollywopped. okay? Now, can we make an argument that the defense is better than what it was from the Missouri game to now? Yes, you can make an argument for that. But let me repeat, up to this point, the LSU secondary has not stopped anybody that most would consider to be good. Okay? Auburn's not really been able to throw on anyone. Okay? Army were playing their backup quarterbacks. So it should be something you're worried about because this Alabama passing attack is playing at a at a fine level. Now, is Jalen Milrow Bryce Young back there? No. But their receivers are better. And the reason why the corners are so important, Bojacks, is, well, who won the game for LSU last year? Well, there was a lot of people that did. We could talk about Harold Perkins' role. We could talk about Malik Neighbors' role, uh, Mason Taylor's role. But the guy who Bonafide had his best game of his career was Jarek Bernard Converse. Okay. He was absolutely positively lights out in that game for us. Okay. Lights out. He was amazing. And, well, you know, he's not walking through that door. You got to have guys on the outside that can really get in those Alabama receivers' faces. And, uh, and hopefully we're ready to guard him. Let's see. Yeah, Danny, I don't think anything's here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Michigan thing. Okay. And this is something you always need to remember. The NCAA does not punish winners until it's a million years after the fact. Okay? They just don't. They just don't. It's just not how they roll. Okay? Um, you know, you, you, you look at any sport, right? You mean to tell me that if Mario Chalmers didn't hit that three, that they were going to take away Memphis and their national championship. I don't think they would have. Now, they did take Louisville's national championship away. Nobody cares. Okay? If the NCAA wanted to be bold, they would do something about Michigan 
right now. Or at least before the season as they still gather evidence. But like Danny says, typical NCAA, they'll make sure Mason Smith doesn't play over some autographs. But if it's over something like this, which is like a covert operation involving manifestos, Epic sort of good to see you. Dante says he wants to see the LSU secondary get more physical. Gotta get physical, physical. Yeah, I, I would say Ole Miss's offense is better than Bama's offense, but yeah. Knowing what was the point about the S&P 500, what does that have to do with anything here? Do you really think I'm Jim Cramer here? Do you really think I could, uh, I'm going to Dave Ramsey it up here? Uh, Pigpen, yeah, very interesting. Um, it depends which basketball team you're referencing. If you're mentioning the women's basketball team, obviously they're going to be stout. Men's basketball team, the... Uh, We'll see. I, I I'm interested to see what happen, what's going to happen with um, the waiver for Jalen Cook. Um, hopefully, I'm getting this story correctly, uh, done correctly. The I, apparently the NCAA basketball transfer portal. There are so many kids out there still waiting to get waivers to see if they're eligible. Quincy has no faith. Um, he thinks Milrow will look like Tom Brady back there. Yeah, Hugh, I, I have no idea. Brian Kelly says him and Deuce Chestnut are just inactive. Uh, this is not what you'll see, Justin, because uh, Harold Perkins is, is your slot. Um, so it's going to be Sage Ryan, and um, I don't know who they're going to put at the other corner. I At this point, I would prefer Ashton Stamps over Latanerance Welsh. I would. Um, let's go to Derek. We just need the defense to get us two to three stops, and the offense will take care of the rest. Hopefully. You're right, Derek. Let's go to Pegasus. Don't forget, if you super chat, we'll go straight to your question. Carter, how come it's not talked about how BK had Bama OC as a QB and under as a coach all the way till last year? If anyone would have a game plan for him, it's him. Maybe that's part of the reason why Saban went and got Tommy Reese is to help for with this game because Saban knows that no matter what, he's got to win this game to go to the SEC championship game. Okay. Uh, maybe that did have part to, uh, maybe that had some, uh, something to do with Tommy Reese being hired. Uh, 
this Dante says Mammoth's weakness is left tackle Dwayne's trying to keep give us a heads up uh, about the S&P 500 He's saying, look, y'all watch out. I'm looking out for the community. Well, what, what should they do? I mean, this is just dire circumstances. I know absolutely nothing about the stock market. Nothing. And it's not like I haven't tried. I've tried. I'm not – I don't know what it is. I'm horrible, horrible with money, investing, all that stuff. Just not, not, my, not my thing. Quincy might be right. It might be the other way around. Well, big pin. Yeah, you gotta pay you gotta pay the big bucks for the big coaches. Now, next thing. I'll say this again as we are closely approaching basketball season. The women's basketball team is gonna have more pressure on it to win a national championship than any other team in LSU history. I really do mean that. So it's going to be a very, very compelling story this year. Okay? Now, let's take a look at the SEC games going into the weekend. I'm going to need you guys to give me your lock of the week. BT, good to see you. The good news for Pigpen is Arkansas will not be able to lose this weekend. That's a good thing for you, man. Texas A&M, 14-point favorites at home versus South Carolina. That's a big, fat number. Georgia, 14-point favorites in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Georgia, 14-point favorites? Florida had a beautiful cover in this game last year. Auburn, 6.5-point favorites versus Mississippi State. Tennessee, three-and-a-half-point favorites versus Kentucky. Ole Miss, 24-and-a-hook at home versus Vanderbilt with the over-under at 63-and-a-half. What is your favorite play on this board? Big Ben's in Arkansas 17 by week 21. Uh, yeah, I I think for me, my favorite play here. <sighs> Alex likes Kentucky as Tennessee falls apart. Yeah, so Mark Stoops has not been good versus Tennessee for whatever reason. Um Three and a half is a lot after Tennessee playing 
an emotional game that they probably feel they should have won versus Alabama. I probably still like Tennessee. I, I'm just not going to back Mark Stoops in anything at this point. Yeah, Dwayne, just shoot me an email with the, or Instagram or Twitter message with all this information just for me. If you want to warn me on what I need to do with uh, my investments. Uh, Auburn six and a half versus Mississippi State. Sheesh. I like that Mississippi State defense. I do. I think Dante is going in. South Carolina money line. I love it. Let's take a look at the top 25. Oklahoma nine and a half going to Kansas. I remember this game a few years ago with Caleb Williams being a weird one. Um, and it was also at 11 a.m. Florida State 20 and a half point favorites on the road versus Wake Forest, who beat them last year. That's a big, big road number. Oregon six and a half point favorites on the road at Utah, the same Utah that just beat USC. Kind of a late game there. Uh, last week versus USC. I don't know why I feel Oregon's just going to beat them by 10. Louisville at home versus Duke. No other games really standing out to me. I, I kind of like North Carolina in a bounce back versus a pesky Georgia Tech team. Look at UCLA, 17 and a hook versus Colorado on the road. I kind of think Deion Sanders with the bye week is going to cover this weekend. I could also see the over here. So, yeah, this these games could get weird. Kind of a dead week compared to last weekend, if you ask me. And then week nine, week 10 is where it's going to start getting really feisty, y'all. You get Texas A&M Ole Miss, huge game. Clemson, Notre Dame. USC, Washington. And then, of course, LSU, Alabama. Wild, wild weekend. I also think Michigan's on a bye and they'll be back for the first time since scandal. And then we get we get Bedlam. Wait, Bedlam's next weekend? They bumped wait, why is Bedlam next weekend? That's crazy. That is crazy. TT, what a do, baby. Jared says Auburn Mississippi State under is a lock. Yeah, if, if Wright is a quarterback, the under is a gazillion percent lock. 
Okay. That's true. You want Texas A&M to beat Ole Miss. Uh, I thought this was interesting, and I think you will see more college football um, players do this. So, you know, it's not really it's not really my team, so I'm not gonna go too deep into this. But there is um, like a top 150 recruit who's a true freshman at an SEC school. And he was playing some, but he's played like three-ish, four games, some on special teams. And he went up to the coach and said, I don't want to play anymore. And the coach said, well, why don't you want to play anymore? Uh, He said, "Uh, I want to keep my red shirt. And he's on a losing team. Okay. And so the coach Called his parents, had a good conversation with his parents. He said, I can't have your kid on the team if you don't want to be available for the team. Okay. I want to, at this point in the stream, towards the end here, to show some love to the LSU freshmen that are almost exclusively playing special teams who are about to burn their red shirt okay so yeah i wanted to, i wanted to show some love to those players that's ultimate team sacrifice now i understand it's a little bit easier to do it on a team that's winning a team that feels pretty special this lsu team feels very special with its offense up to this point but you know, on a team where some guys have have not been available for non-health reasons, I want to show some love to some guys that are available and are willing to do whatever it takes for the team, even if it's not in their best long-term interest. So big shout out to those LSU freshmen. Okay. Christian Brathwaite is one of those guys. Jeremiah Hughes, JV and Toviano. They're not playing a whole lot on defense, but they're still going out there and giving us their all on special teams. And those are just a few. I know I'm missing a few. Let's go to KJ. It's been a while since we've seen you. And uh, I will also be at the Florida game. Uh, I am looking for two tickets. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Good to have you back, KJ. And uh, hope you have a good time. Here we go. Get in on recruiting. How does LSU's class look for the defensive line and in rusher? So they did just get a commitment from C.J. Jackson, who's a four-star edge rusher, and that's obviously a very good thing. And then uh, they do have a commitment from Sean Washington, who was originally from New Orleans. He was initially going to Georgia, went to Georgia. He's been, you know, I think at a JUCO, and now he's 
more than likely coming to LSU. So, yeah, you know, you would have liked to see LSU get a few more defensive tackles in this crop. But one thing I, I, I would say, Mac Daddy, on in, in, in terms of this is, you know, I need to go do the numbers again because it's hard to keep up like an active tally. And we did one on Patreon a few weeks ago on the like the blue chip ratio and how good are we hitting on our four star recruits. We have just had a rough go at it. You know, some of it is scheme shift, right? Ed Orgeron's decision to go from the 3-4 to the 4-3 and the whole defensive issues we had, I do think that that aided some of the misses that we've had that could potentially be contributors on this year's team, okay? But honestly, Mac Daddy, it is important to point out how many guys have just whiffed. They've just whiffed. Some of that is bad luck. Some of it could be something that we're missing, right? So we need to think about who we're bringing in as well. Don't just go recruit kids just to recruit them. What do we need to do to develop them better? So we're not the only school that's had whiffs as well. Now, here's what you're going to do. In the next five to ten minutes, I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. Super chat. We'll keep it going. But keep them firing on in here. I do want to bring up one thing about the college football slate. And we went deep into it uh, last night. with um, I think it was... I don't think it was Mac Daddy. It was someone else. Epic Shorty actually asked about this. About all the chaos surrounding college football. What what needs to be done for LSU to make the playoff? Okay. Obviously, you need to win all your games. You do. There would be no better birthday present for Brian Kelly. And by the way, it is his birthday. Happy birthday, BK, if you happen to be watching this. You, 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 you got to win all your games. But there's not been a two-loss team into the playoff. Now, what I should have done when I was talking about this yesterday is open things up to you, the viewer, the listener, the whatever you are, okay? Do you like... The 12-team college football playoff. Do you like it? Because at this point, a 12-team playoff would greatly benefit LSU. It just would. In theory, they could lose this game to Alabama and still get in to a 12-team playoff. They still could get in. Um. And, and I, I've shared my thoughts on the 14 playoff for um, for the long haul. You tell me. 
<laughs> Jared. Jared says, yes, if we're not in the top four. Uh, this year, if there was a 12-team playoff, LSU could lose to Alabama and still get in. They could. Okay. Now, it would take a lot of melting down elsewhere for them to get in, and it would be in one of those 12, 13, 14 slots, uh, or 12, 13, 14, 10, 11, 12 slots. It's hard. It, it, would, it would still be hard to get in this year. Okay. Um, but you, 12 team playoff would hurt um, some teams like, uh, well, it would help some teams like Michigan and Ohio State, who both are often unbeaten or have one loss before they play the final weekend of the season, right? Um, it helps you. If that makes sense. But the player access point, the 12 team playoff greatly benefits LSU. It just does because LSU plays a brutal schedule every year. It's going to be hard for any LSU team to run the table. So there you go. Let's see here. Now, let's see. If you're just now joining us, we do have one big giveaway coming up. I'm telling you right after this. PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. Don't forget Thursday night live stream. One of you will be walking away with a Mason Smith number to 99 autograph rookie card from yeah boy. Yeah, Jared, this is honestly um, a cool thing that, you know, the first round of the playoffs there will be um, with the 12 teamer. There, there will be some home games in the opening rounds. Now, that's what I love about women's basketball, okay? Women's basketball has it right with their NCAA tournament. The first two or the first two games are played at the higher seeds home venue, right? That is such a huge advantage, huge advantage. I wish they did that for the actual NCAA tournament, but that doesn't make the most money. But that is going to add something. It's just the top four teams won't be able to have a home playoff game. That's all good, Ellie Mom. Once again, live stream schedule is uh, right here. Wednesdays at 6, 
Tuesdays, Thursdays at 8.15 Central. And Sunday night, that's the film study at 8.15 Central. And we do go live after the Brian Kelly press conference on Monday. Yeah, make it's a good question. Why isn't LSU bringing in the five-star DVs anymore? Yeah, I just we we've had a few rough years here when it comes to recruiting those guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know what changes. Um, I will say if the LSU defense doesn't improve, there 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 will be changes. There will have to be changes. Brian Kelly historically has made changes when one side of the football is drastically underperforming okay obviously the offensive staff is good as gold they're not going anywhere and i i would have a tough time seeing um really any of those coaches leave unless it's for a head coaching job okay uh and you know the good thing about the offensive staff is some of those guys are relatively young so that that obviously helps out in particular, Brad Davison, um, uh, Joe Sloan. Jordan, good to see you, man. All right. So, yeah, it's pretty much it for, for, for me. Once again, the big story. Brian Kelly has confirmed that Emory Jones is good as gold. Really good stuff. Huge, huge, huge news. Okay. Now, Brian Kelly did get asked again about Deuce Chestnut and Denver Harris. There's internal things that need to be accomplished that I really can't discuss. I prefer to just talk about the guys that are with us. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah, I can't wait to see Michaela Williams, former PHL guest, Michaela Williams. Okay. So freaking excited about that. Also want to show Dylan Carpenter some show, uh, some love. Got to play in this first game this past weekend and student athlete of the month. Congrats, Ann. Good stuff. Now, here's the good news. Is I will be chatting in the Discord right the frick now. So come hang out. It's always fun. Join the PHL Discord. You get a Joe Burrow card in the mail. And we'll talk to you soon, y'all. It is power hour LSU bam and tonight we are doing rotisserie chicken quesadillas night two. Let's go. Let's go. 